So I'm not recording this in the place that I thought I would being the first one. I thought I would have a studio with my mic and it all set up. But after listening to my friend Jackson Dean's first podcast, he inspired me to just take the step and get into action. So I'm actually sitting in bumper to buffer, bumper traffic, in uh, morning traffic, uh, on the freeway on the way down to the Gold Coast here in sunny Queensland, Australia. And I was sitting here debating with myself. You know how we've all got that internal voice that says, no, you shouldn't do it because you should know better and you should do it another way. And I was having a dialogue with myself and I realized, hey, self-limiting belief, just do it. Get out there and do it. So this is it. So I'm sorry if it's not a Hollywood blockbuster sound quality for you. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Of course, I'll have a re-listen to make sure that it's not tinny like I'm down the bottom of a well. But take action. Don't wait for the perfect set of opportunities because I think the people that really succeed in this world are the people that have a crack. Now, Jackson was very gracious in uh, referencing me on his first podcast saying that um, he really took inspiration from our chat that we had together in the Philippines at the office there and uh, where I said to him, look, just do it. Version one is much better than version none. And that is so true. Version one, if you can adopt this philosophy version one is better than version none, then you will not um, procrastinate your way into inaction. You will not uh, basically become uh, mute, impotent through inaction because you will allow yourself, uh, you'll be nice to yourself and allow yourself to release something, to try something, to do something going, you know what, this is version one. Now, a bit about me, um, because you're also thinking, okay, Nick, do you have credibility? Should I be listening to you? Um, my core business is in the fresh flower auction business and flower wholesaling. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur. My superpower is identified by the great Alex Scharfen. And if you don't know Alex Scharfen and you're an entrepreneur, make sure you look him up. Alex Scharfen, C-H-A-R-F-E-N.com. Alex uh, identified... Uh, the personality trait that I have as an entrepreneur is the ability to understand perceived connections. So that's my superpower, that's in my DNA, and that is why I can so quickly be talking to somebody in an airport lounge or sitting next to them on a plane or in a bus or meeting them for the first time at a seminar, and my brain will immediately analyze what they're saying, have an opinion on their business model, and just have two or three improvement tweaks that they could do instantly. I used to think it was because of I was full of myself. Before I understood my own makeup, I used to think that it was because I was just opinionated, but only through more knowledge and the pursuit of that knowledge do I now understand that it's my ability to see perceive connections. I am fourth generation in the flower game and handling and selling perishables is a vastly different scenario than t-shirts or you know widgets uh, there's that famous widgets quote widgets and things like that or services um, people that give a lot of advice in the internet world and online world they're not talking about perishable products because there's a whole different set of challenges when you're dealing with something that is basically dying from the time that you receive it so uh, I've learned that speed is the key you have to make decisions quicker earlier so my whole business acumen really has been honed on get it in, get it out. Now I have an auctioneer that works for me, Nicole, 
and her favorite saying is get it in get it out and it's so true so even if you are in cars t-shirts metal fabrication uh, selling courses information health well-being it doesn't matter what it is you can still benefit from the get it in get it out mentality uh, but again I see a lot of people either not being in action a, a lot so being inactive or procrastinating their way into inactivity so the biggest point I think that needs to be made in this first meeting together between us is if you were to say to me Nick what is the secret to business happiness or to business success I would say to you it's actually action and having the ability to go version one is better than version none there's a lot of other finer processes obviously but if you start with those two so no matter where you are today that's what you've got to start with action and version one is better than version none you want to start a website start it in 48 hours you want to design a new dress or a shirt design it in the next four hours you want to come up with a better tasting supplement do it this week only you will know the nuances on the challenges of what's physically possible but I think so many times people give themselves the opportunity for an excuse and you know people excuses they they are a waste of time it, having excuses or making excuses is not a strategy so remember that making excuses is not a strategy in our business that I run uh, I took it over when I was quite young but before I did that because I'm in the generational business line I went out and I did finance I spent five years doing home mortgages in home I learnt my finance from Aussie Home Loans and I had a great mentor there George Bergstrom I came in from the business world and knew zero about mortgages and finance but I tell you what the doing finance actually um, saved me because at the age of 18 uh, I just finished boarding school at a, a private boys school and I ended up uh, doing my hospitality degree on the Gold Coast and because um, I used to work in nightclubs and bars when I would finish work the only place they'll be open would be the casino so I actually ended up developing a very bad gambling addiction because at five six seven o'clock in the morning the only place open would be the casino and that's the only place I could go and let my hair down and then what led from a couple of drinks led to some gambling which actually led to a chronic gambling addiction doing the hospitality was really great and learning hotel management was great because it gave me uh, or built on my discipline structure that I had been that had been instilled in me in my boarding school private schoolboy days and the notion of customer service really gets honed well in hospitality because people that's your primary goal is to serve them so the service of others I've always been predisposed to I mean I was a prefect at school I was vice boarding house captain I won the service award at school which was created just for me so um, serving others is part of my DNA makeup and I think to have success you have to be predisposed to want to be in the service of others I know there's uh, a core tenant in religion to have that uh, but if you are a semi-reclusive computer nerd 
or you're a person that's socially awkward and doesn't like to socialize, I've got some good news for you. If you want to serve others through what you do and see them succeed, you'll still be able to have the successes that you see these flamboyant entrepreneurs have that are out on stage speaking and that it comes so easy to. I don't think it matters what your personality type is, whether you're outgoing, introverted, um, slightly OCD or even Asperger's. It doesn't matter. If you live in the life of um, service to others, then you can gain as much success as you want. And I say as you want because life happens for you, not to you, like the great Tony Robbins says. Um, it is what you make it. All those sort of uh, sayings and cliches are so true. So getting back to the finance story. Um, so I went through uh, hotel school, developed a strong gambling addiction. So I was really derelict in my understanding of money and in my understanding of financial planning. And it's not until I finally um, got into finance at about the age of 26, 27, where I finally understood uh, money in, money out, uh, paying off debt, etc. Good debt, bad debt. That was a life changer for me. One thing you need to know about me is when I talk, I yawn, and I don't know why. I actually have to get my. I want to Google it or get a psychologist to, to work that one out for me. But every time I do a talk, I'm always yawning, and I'm not sure if that's my brain actually just thinking and that fills it with a yawn but so sorry if you hear me yawn uh, it's part of when I speak it's not because I am tired so after doing my finance for five years um, now that gave me a lot of solid grounding uh, in home in you know meeting with people listening to what did they want to achieve it was either they want to achieve you know the, the house with a white picket fence or they were so credit uh, screwed that they needed a way out and they were hoping that I could provide that for them. And I tell you what, I'll never forget my first house land package finance interview. And I remember it for one reason and one reason only. It's that I absolutely balls it up from start to finish. I had no idea. I got all the lending value ratios wrong. I forgot that you had to have 10% deposit for land, all that sort of stuff. And <laughs> I remember talking to George, my mentor at the time, who was uh, a regional manager at Aussie, and I remember him trying to get me through it, and my mind just didn't click in on it, and I left that interview, and I actually admitted to the people, I said, look, this is my first ever house land deal, it's a construction loan, and I'm so sorry, but obviously I haven't grasped how to do it properly. But I also had the foresight to say to these lovely people, what I would like to do is so as to not waste any more of your time, I'm going to get one of my senior consultants to actually come and see you tomorrow. Now, I know that delays you by one day, but I want you to have the best information and to experience the Aussie Home Loan service that we normally give. So I'm very sorry for my shortcomings today, but I will sort this for you and you'll be on your way tomorrow. Would that be okay with you? Now, that couple was very gracious. They could see that I was a newbie. They accepted they got the senior uh, consultant in the next day they did the deal and away they went now I didn't make any money on that deal obviously because I didn't write it but holy shit did I learn a very good lesson and that is make sure you know what you're talking about and if you don't go and seek some advice before you actually get put on the spot and sort of having 
more confidence in what you're talking about and what you're doing uh, and having more understanding about what it is you're about is one of the keys to success, isn't it? Because if you're just full of shit, people aren't going to listen to you. Now, I know that sounds so basic, but I still see a lot of business people that I would actually, or I come across a lot of business people where I would go, you know what, I actually think they're full of shit because they don't do the, they don't know their numbers, they don't know the basics, they don't know the unique aspects of what they do. They, yeah, there's a lot of reasons to that. So from the finance, I actually um, left Aussie Home Loans and set up a finance company with a friend of mine under a brokerage scenario where we expanded the types of finances that we offered and we, it was a cool time of life. We opened up a retail shop front. That was the worst move we ever made. Um, so I've had exposure in that side of the world until my dad finally called me um, one day. I'm an only child and I've worked for my dad about 11 times in and out of the businesses since I was a kid. And my dad rang me and said, listen, I'm ready to have the talk. And I was thinking, ready to have the talk? What, are you talking? what does that mean? And he says, I'm ready to hand the company over. And I said, okay. Now remember, I'd just gone retail in my brokerage with my business partner, Peter. So I went and met with my dad and I said to him, look, I will consider taking over the family flower businesses, but on one proviso, that I buy it off you, so that this is a transaction, so there's no, oh, you're giving it to me and you're gonna do me this great favor because I wanna be successful in my own right. So my dad agreed to that and here we are 15 years later and I've achieved some fantastic things in the flower business. Um, My kids now work in the business with me as does my wife, who's my business partner. But the whole backstory on that is, experience different businesses, gravitate to the business that feels right, but don't peg yourself just to be in one line. I see so many business people that have ended up in a business that might be welding, it might be selling widgets, t-shirts, clothing, coffee shop owner, and they sort of feel like, well, that's my lane, I've got to stay in it. Well, my conclusion to that is actually no, you don't. You'll have natural talents and doing things, but if you have a desire and a yearning to step out and do something different, then have the courage to follow that and explore it and do version one. Just like this is version one for me, I have a calling. I am going to end up on stage being a speaker because for me, I love speaking. Nothing lights my fire like when I'm talking to two people or a room of 100. I think the biggest crowd I've spoken to is about 200 from memory. But the idea of speaking to a stadium with 2,000, 4,000, 5,000, 20,000 doesn't make me sweat. It gets me excited. Now, what's the thing that lights your fire? What makes you really excited? If you're fortunate enough to be working in it, congratulations, because that's not the usual story for a lot of people. But if you're not, then I encourage you to have a go, explore, and have a go at version one of something, and then see how that goes. I wanna share with you a little bit more about my backstory. So in those years of gambling addiction, um, the only other passion that I had in life was rugby union. 
Now, I was never a very good player of rugby union, but I was an exceptional referee. Now, I didn't understand it back at 18, but I do now because I understand my entrepreneurial mind. Because I have the entrepreneurial superpower of the ability to understand perceived connections, I'm able to translate something like the laws of a game and the execution of those and how they impact, etc. I was able to be a very good executor of the laws of rugby, a practitioner, a referee. Now, once I understood that about myself, um, well, I didn't understand that back when I was younger, that I was um, an entrepreneur, but I understood that I was very good at refereeing. And the thing that made me a great referee was I was able to communicate, I was able to talk to players, so if they're infringing, I was able to talk them down off the ledge basically before they committed any more infractions. And I was able to really read the game and to play a lot of what they call advantage. Now for those of you who don't know the game of rugby, because it's only half the world that plays rugby, you may be a soccer fanatic, a football fanatic in the Northern Hemisphere. Advantage is basically letting the game play to try and see if a result will come that will be beneficial to the team that was hard done by or negatively impacted by the original infraction. Now if I look back on my rugby career as a referee, which lasted right up until I had uh, my second daughter with my wife and then time became too precious. I think that actually translated into my business life, that ability of being able to read the game and play the advantage and then make the decision, blow the whistle if you, deceive, if you de deemed that the advantage wasn't forthcoming. So if I translate that into business, I've actually closed businesses that were losing money when I saw the projection, knew how long it would take, and I just wasn't prepared to put the money into it to sustain it for any longer. I was able to make the decision to incur the loss and move on. Like my latest uh, business failure is Bokeh Takeaway, where we started a bouquet chain uh, to service smaller independent supermarkets because I wanted to value add to our core business. Our core business has uh, stock volumes that remain unsold after a certain amount of days, and I thought this would be a great outlet for uh, moving or turning the stock in a quicker amount of time. What I didn't realize was the nuances of that business, and it didn't actually value add to the core business. So when I looked at the projections after um, about a year and a half, we'd given ourselves a year to establish and another half a year to see if we could build the volume that we wanted. And we're doing about 25,000 a week in sales, so which is not bad when you're talking about eight bunches of fresh flowers at a recommended retail price of about $25 to a store. So they were small lots, big customer number. And when I finally saw projections of what it would take for us on those current trends to break even and then to make money, I had no hesitation in going, that's it. This is not worth doing. Advantage over, we need to blow the penalty. And that penalty was unsuccessful. So my rugby, whilst I didn't realise it at the time, was integral in helping to shape my business views and my business understanding and execution. Now at the time, back in my 20s, I was Australia's only rugby refereeing flower auctioneer. I was Australia's only rugby ref that also was a flower auctioneer. 
Now to this day, there are only four flower auctioneers in Australia. Our company is a flower auction, so we auction fresh flowers, just like the title says. It's like they do it in uh, Europe. It's a very big way of distributing flowers. And I used to, uh, when I'd go and meet people, I used to use it as my icebreaker, uh, especially around the rugby circles of the flowers, because I wanted to try and be more interesting for people. So I thought, what's interesting? And I went, hmm, I'm Australia's only rugby refereeing flower auctioneer. To me, that was exciting. So I shared that story, and it, it was a good conversation starter. So my other bit of um, advice to you is you need to be gentle with yourself and have a think about your own story because you will have something that is unique and interesting in your own story that you need to capitalize on, leverage, understand, promote. And once you do that, you'll have a much better storytelling uh, process. And when you do that, it's much easier to speak to people So going from a chronic gambling addict, a rugby refereeing flower auctioneer, because I was still auctioning for my dad at the time, and then I went into, left the businesses again and went into finance, and then had that phone call with my dad and came back into uh, buying the businesses that I now operate with my wife, Millie. So my whole life basically has been about business. I was very fortunate to meet Millie, my life partner, early, the year after I left school. She used to work for my mum. Um, I had a massive crush on this hot girl that was working at my mum's checkout and developed a strong friendship with Millie over time and managed to win her over. Uh, we travelled the world together. We were both nannies in Italy together for six months. Uh, we've done a lot of different things. and. I was so, I'm so blessed because I see entrepreneurs that have built million dollar companies but they really struggle to succeed with their personal relationships because they've given so much of themselves to the business that they forgot about spending the time needed to foster strong relationships and I consider myself blessed that I've managed to have both because normally it is one or the other. And I know all the lifestyle gurus will go, well, no, you'll have both and blah, blah, blah. I think that's only true if you're a Mormon living in Phoenix, because they're the only people on the planet I've seen being able to achieve that balance en masse. And they are lovely people, the Mormons in Phoenix. I love that group of people. I've got a lot to do with them because there's a lot of technology over there in America. So this first podcast really is designed to, one, help me overcome my fear and finally get this launched. Version one is better than version none. Two, it's to take action and to actually do it. And hopefully you will take some sort of uh, strength out of what I've done and go, well, if he can do it, I can do it, let's go. I'm just using my voice recorder on my iPhone. Three, everyone's got a story. And once you understand what your story is and then what lessons those different parts of your life have taught you you can identify why you are where you are at and once you understand yourself more it's easier to be nicer to yourself and to actually uh, be more balanced in your emotional state so my podcast going forward aim to add massive value to you I want to see you succeed I don't want you to see you make the same mistakes that I did I'm going to go through some of those key parts of my story, the business failures. I've had two massive business failures. 
um, also had three major business successes. So I'm going to go through those, break those apart in future episodes so that we can learn about what to do and what not to do, and then hack those things and replicate and duplicate success. It would mean a great deal to me if you would please uh, comment on what you thought about my first podcast in the comment section below. Make sure you subscribe so if uh, you'd like to receive my next podcast, it will pop up when it's released. And again, if you've got other people that you know who are entrepreneurs or business people that may benefit from this sort of insight, then please feel free to share this episode with them. To your success, I am Nikki Christensen. I'm also the Flowerpreneur, and I wish you immediate action, and I wish you version one.